Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. And uh, there's lots of good and lots of great things that go on at Christmas time. Um, but as, as people, we can, we can go off into left field or right field when it comes to Christmas time. And we can, we can get caught up. Now, I'm going to be the first to admit how much I love Christmas. I love this time of year. I'm that one that sings it's the most wonderful time of the year all the time. Amen. I love this time of the year. But perspective is so important because um, we need to make sure that we don't get pulled into um, uh, or out of, I should say, balance on what, what we're celebrating. Amen. And what it's all about. And so I want to just kind of preach on that a little bit, and not just Christmas time, but, but all the time. See, when we're doing it right as believers, how many know that we're, we're not just excited about the birth of Jesus in December? We're, we're excited. Everything that we get excited about, like at Easter, and, and, and I understand there's an, anniversaries, right, in marriage. Like, if you only get excited on your anniversary, you don't have a very good marriage. Ooh. Right? I mean, if that's the day that you love each other a lot... You don't have a good marriage because that's just the celebration of what your marriage is. But the marriage should be every day. Every day that marriage should be good. And so it's the same thing with God. We, we shouldn't get excited on Christmas about Jesus and get excited about Chris, uh, Jesus on Easter. And just at those holidays, we should be excited 365 days a year about who Jesus is. Amen. Because how many know he's on the throne all year? He's on the throne when we don't feel good. He's on the throne when, we, when we're sick. He's on the throne when things are bad. He's on the throne when things are good. He's, he's God, and, and he's not changing. Amen? He's God. So the perspective is so important. This will be one of those messages, and that word for me to you as a nugget, as something very important uh, to, to make it for God. It's having the right perspective. So we're going to make it Christmas perspective. And uh, I want, we're going to be in the book of Luke in a minute. But I want to just read something uh, to kind of give you an idea of where we're going with this. And here's, here's the definition of perspective. Now, in this place, everybody has a perspective, right? And if you want to know exactly what that means, it means the way we look at something. So how many know that everybody looks at something different? Let me give, give you a quick example, just a quick generic example. Sunday, when I began to preach about why some churches are blessed... And, and I actually didn't even have this in my notes or when I'm thinking about it right now. And, and I began to share these things and share these stories. And then I got to a moment in the service where I said, we're going to take up a second offering. At that moment, there were two types of perspectives in the church. There was a perspective of something negative. Oh, an, an, an offering or, oh, he preached it. And there was another perspective that was like, oh, an opportunity to give. See what I'm saying? Everybody, and, and there might have been others than those two, but everybody has perspectives on things. And so it is so important that we have a godly perspective on things, okay? And, and understanding that it's really this. Here, here's even a better definition of what perspective is. The attitude that a person has towards something. So, so what, what is your attitude tonight towards Christmas? I don't know what yours is. It, what is your perspective towards this time of the year? It, 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 are you in this part of the year where you, you're like all about what you're going to get for Christmas? Or are you in this place where you just don't want, you don't like Christmas? 
or you, you, you're like, oh, man, we got to give, get, whatever. I'm not, I'm not trying to waste time on, on, on angles, but we all have perspectives. Okay, we've all got them. And so we've got to make sure that our perspective is right. And we're going to use Mary here in a second in a great story and some great verses. But I want to read something just to give you an idea of what I'm talking about. For example, how many remember when Goliath and David fought? Okay, Goliath came against the Israelites. Remember that story? And all the Israelites thought, he's so big, we could never kill that person. Right? That's a perspective. The Israelites were standing back, seeing this humongous giant, and their perspective was, he is so big, there's no way we can kill that person. There's a perspective that many would have. David was over on this side, and he had a totally different perspective. His perspective was, Goliath is so big, I can't miss. See the difference? They're both looking at the, they're all looking at the same giant. And that, that's a picture of our lives. Most people look at the enemy or situations and they think, man, this thing's so big, it's going to kill me, it's going to destroy me. But David had a, a godly perspective and he said, man, I'm going to throw this rock at this guy and i got a really good chance of hitting him because he's as, as wide as he is tall. I'm going to hit him. Here's another one. I read this story many years ago. It's one of my favorites. It's, it's, it's a, a good understanding of this. Okay, so just stay with me on this. This is a letter, okay, to Jesus at the time that he's forming his disciples. Okay, you with me on that? So it says, to Jesus, son of Joseph. And the address is Woodcrafters Carpenter Shop, Nazareth 25922. Okay, that's the letter he got in the mail. From Jordan Management Consultants. Okay, y'all follow me? Jordan Management, so it's a consulting team. And they're, they're sending this letter to Jesus. It says, Dear Sir, thank you for submitting the resumes of the 12 men you have picked for managerial positions in your new organization. Okay, that's what Jesus did, right, when he picked those 12 men. All of them have now taken our tests. And we have not only run the test through our computer, but also arranged personal interviews for each of them with our psychologist and vocational aptitude consultant. The profiles of all the tests are included, and you will want to study them carefully. As part of our service, we make some general comments for your guidance, much as an auditor will include some general statements. This is given as a result of staff consultation and comes without any additional fee. Now watch this. He says, in the staff's opinion, most of your nominees are lacking background, education, and vocational aptitude for the type of enterprise that you are undertaking. They do not have the team concept. We would recommend that you continue your search for people who are more experienced in managerial ability and proven capability. Okay? Simon Peter is emotionally unstable and and given to fits of temper. Andrew has absolutely no qualities of leadership. The two brothers, James and John, place personal interest above company loyalty. Thomas demonstrates a questioning attitude that would tend to undermine morale. And I hope as I'm reading this that y'all understand this from who, what I'm reading, okay? Hopefully we're discipled enough. 
we feel that it is our duty to tell you that Matthew has been blacklisted by the Greater Jerusalem Better Business Bureau. James, the son of Alphaeus, and Thaddeus definitely have radical leanings and have both registered a high score on the manic depressive scale. One of the candidates, however, shows great potential. He is a man of ability and resourcefulness, meets people well, has a keen business mind, and contacts in high places. He is highly motivated, ambitious, and responsible. We recommend Judas Iscariot as your controller and right-hand man. All the other profiles are self-explanatory. We wish you every success in your new venture. Sincerely, Jordan Management Consultants. Amen? See how the perspective of the world towards a person or a group or us could be? If you looked at, at the disciples like they did, they were a bunch of losers. But God had a different perspective. He was looking at some people that he could redeem and use them and know that he could trust them. And the one person that the world would thought could be trusted is the one who betrayed him, Judas. Amen. So that just kind of gives you an understanding of what I'm trying to say. Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 1. And I'm just going to read about seven verses, and I'm going to break this down. And uh, we're going to read Mary's words, okay, as we're at this time of the year. And, and uh, we think about the story when Mary saw or heard, sorry, the, the, the words from God that she was going to be the, the carrier of the Messiah. And I know my cousins just got back from Branson, and they saw a show that Carla and I saw. And one of the things I really liked about this show that we saw about a Christmas miracle was that they took some time to really show what would have happened at that time, the, the attitudes and the reactions, and I think I mentioned that to you guys a couple weeks ago, of how they would react when, when they found out this, this news that she was uh, 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 pregnant in a society where you're not supposed to get pregnant unless you're married, and they weren't married. And you start thinking about this and, and, and the words that she received, and so how many know Mary had a perspective when she got the words from God that you're going to be the mother of Jesus. You're going to be the woman who carries the Messiah into this world. What an honor, right? What an amazing honor that, that she was living a life. And I always like to say this. I always like to make this extra clear when I talk about Mary. Because of being in a mission field with Costa Rica for so long and dealing with so many people who come from the Catholic background, and, and just giving explanation of understanding that erroneously they're taught, and innocently at the same time, but they're erroneously taught to, to admire, uh, worship Mary instead of to admire Mary. And, and, and understanding how clear it is that we see in the Bible here in a second in these verses that Mary was simply a chosen vessel just like the disciples. And she was a woman who was living her life in such a way that God said, that's a woman I can trust. That's a woman I can use. And, and she's going to carry this baby and she's going to do everything right just as she trusted Joseph. And I've said many times before, if, if the case was that Mary wasn't going to do that, then it would have been a different name. 
It was nothing special in the sense of, 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 of Mary other than the fact that she was chosen because of her obedience and because of her faithfulness to God. So it's very important to understand that because the world and religion would like to put emphasis on her as something more than just a woman who was faithful. As well as putting emphasis on the disciples as more than something than just faithful disciples. They, St. Peter, St. John, and they, they call these men these things that they would never ever want to be called. Right? So the perspective on that is important. Let's pick up in Luke 1. She's gotten the words, verse 46. And I want to break this down and give you three things tonight to leave with that will help you go through this holiday season for the next few weeks, or a couple weeks actually, which is coming fast. And, and so Mary says, as she receives these words, this is Mary's song, and she says, the very first word she says, she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. Okay, my soul magnifies the Lord. And we see her humanity here in the fact that she has a soul. Okay? My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit, amen, has rejoiced in who? God, my Savior. Many of you may have been raised in, in a Catholic background and, 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 and didn't know any better and maybe prayed to her or whatever, but we see here in the Bible that it's very clear that she says God or Jesus, is, God is her Savior. So she's just a woman. She's just a, a vessel being used. Amen. I always like to take advantage of that, not to beat a dead horse, but to get us to understand that what we believe is biblical. Okay? Now, we admire Mary greatly. We honor Mary. We thank God for her service to the king. But she was just a vessel like anybody else in the Bible that was used. And we see that here as she says, my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Let's keep reading. And, and for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. Now watch this. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm he has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. What a beautiful prayer. What a beautiful song. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. Amen. Father, for just a few minutes here, touch us, speak to us, and help us have a, a godly Christmas perspective Understanding, Lord, what is important tonight in our lives. Helping us to see things in the right eyes. Helping us to see things, Lord, like you see them and not like that Jordan management consultant saw them. Father, help us to be able to differentiate tonight in our spirits what matters and what might be something that pulls us away from what really matters. Lord, we thank you tonight for our salvation as we celebrate this month, as we celebrate every day, Father, who you are and what you have done in our lives. Lord, as we think about tonight in this place, all the lives who have been changed and transformed. And we thank you for the power of the cross tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. I want, I want you just to write three things down. I'm going to go through this really quickly tonight. And number one is the first thing you can do in that perspective is to magnify the Lord. Okay, magnify the Lord. When you think about magnifying the Lord, 
you might say that word a lot. I know in my prayers, I say that a lot. I say, Lord, I magnify you. Lord, I magnify you. I I don't know why I say that so much. Maybe it's just from reading scripture, but I say that a lot. I find myself in my worship and prayer saying that to the Lord. Lord, I magnify you. I glorify you. Lord, I honor you. And, And that word is, if you picture that magnifying glass... When you look through a magnifying glass and you're seeing something, it is, it is, it is doing exactly that, simply what it is. It is magnifying what you're looking at, right? It is causing to what you're looking at to become greater and more clear, okay? How many see that? And, and when you do that, it's because there's a need because you can't see it clearly, and so you're looking at it to magnify the object, and that is what God has called us to do in our lives. He has called us to be the magnifying glass to this world. He has called us to be that, per, that life that people would look at, and as they look at our lives, our lives would magnify who Jesus is and glorify who Jesus is. That, that, that's what, I mean, if anybody had the, the opportunity to be prideful, it would be Mary, right? I mean, she, she's carrying, she's the only one in the history of the world who carried in her physical body, now we, we now carry God in our, in, our, in our spirits, right, in this temple of ours, but she literally physically carried God in her body. She had all kinds of reasons to be prideful. But she understood in her prayer here that she says, God, you, you didn't elevate me to this position for me to get glory. And that's why she says, my soul magnifies the Lord. Church, if you want to see God do great things in your life, let him do great things. But when God does great things in you, push that glory off to him. Push it off to him, amen, and make sure that he gets the glory for everything that God is doing in your life, amen. That, that his name is lifted up and his name is magnified. And it's not about us, it's about him. And, and a lot of times we think, uh, and I know for myself as someone who was an athlete and, and, and did play some professional sports and stuff, but never to the level of, of worldwide or anything like that. You think of that platform that some people have, and you think, oh, I wish I had that platform. But it's not about the platform you, that you want. It's about the platform you have. What is your platform? It could be just the simple thing of going to the store and buying Christmas gifts or, or buying ornaments or buying lights or buying food or whatever, and you're using that opportunity to magnify Jesus, to glorify the Lord. Someone gives you a compliment about anything, and, and, and some people, they think it sounds religious, but we say, glory to God. Glory to God. Why? Because it's all about him. Everything we have is because of what he's done. So number one, Mary says that, and and magnify means this, to declare, to make or declare great. Ma'am, pastor, if if you could just make it simple, what what is my call? Your call is to make or declare God great, right? What's my purpose, we ask? What should I do with my life? Make or declare God great. Every day when you wake up, you can have that opportunity to say, Lord, If it's in tough situations today or if it's in glorious situations today, help me glorify you and make you great. Wouldn't that change our perspective on life if we wake up every day and ask that? That God would help us to make him great? Amen. Psalms 34.3 says this, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Amen. 
That's, that's what God is doing in our lives. He is allowing us the opportunity to exalt his name and lift up his name. How many, how many have had a struggle in, in the last week or two or month and, 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 and faced something that, that was difficult? Let me see your hands. It's already passed, or maybe you're facing it tonight, but it's already over. The question would be, how did I look at that situation? Did I look at it like David did? Or did I look at it like the Israelites did? Did I look at that opportunity to glorify God? Right? That's tough. I'm not saying it's easy. But that's what God's calling us to do is to look at that situation facing us and saying, man, God, I don't, I'm not really excited about this right now. I'm not really excited about this problem. But I see an opportunity to glorify you. And the more mature that you get in the Lord, the more you can actually say, God, I can't wait to see how you're going to get me through this. I can't wait to see what door you're going to open up. I can't wait to see how you're going to show out. Amen. I can't, wait to, I can't wait to tell everybody how you brought me through this this time. Amen. How many are excited about that opportunity? That, that's what Mary was doing. She's saying, Lord, I, I just want to magnify your name. Amen. And so we have, watch this. This is going to sound crazy. We have the privilege... 365 days a year to glorify God. Right? I know we're not to January yet, but a goal would be, Lord, not one day goes by in this coming year that I don't glorify God. That I don't magnify God. That I, that I, don't, that I go to bed at night and, and, and miss the opportunity for some way to glorify the Lord. How, how many know and think and understand how your perspective on life would change if you think that way? Am I lying? Is that true? If you'd wake up every morning and say, God, I don't know what's, uh, you already might know what you're facing that day, but whatever I'm facing, I'm going to glorify you and magnify you. I'm going to make you great in this situation. I'm going to make you great in this situation. Amen? If we would wake up that way, it would totally transform our perspective. Now, Christmas time is an even greater way. It's an opportunity because this is a time of year where people are more open. And you might say, well, I know a lot of people that are more depressed in this. In the, well, there's your opportunity to give them the joy that you have. Amen? There's a lot of opportunity in this time of the year. Here's another verse, Philippians 1.20. I love this verse. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. Amen? I, we, I, I was counseling someone this week who was going through some really, really difficult stuff, really tough stuff. And you know what I've learned over the years? When you're, when you're talking to somebody uh, about a situation that they're facing, a difficult situation, you've you got to have an eternal perspective. You have to. You have to be able to be, look beyond today or even the circumstances that someone's facing and give them an eternal perspective. And, and that's the kind of life that God wants us to live, church. He wants us to live this attitude right here. If you don't get anything else tonight, get this last bit of this verse. He says that all, now also and always Christ would be magnified in my body, whether in life or by death, whether I'm alive or or I'm dead, whether it's good 
or it's bad. Whether it's going up or it's going down. Whether it's positive or it's negative. Christ is going to be magnified. Amen. How many would believe that with me tonight? That we can magnify the Lord. Let us exalt his name together. Before we go to number two, think about what a praise and worship service is. Think about what we're doing. Think about if we could see the cloud that we talk about. If we could see the cloud above everyone's head, wouldn't it be neat sometimes to be able to just see the cloud, look, to look around, uh, not that we should be looking around, but maybe at one time you could look around and see maybe somebody with their hands raised, maybe just crying out to God, and you think, man, they must have had a great day. And you see the situation in their cloud, and it's really bad. But you're looking at the way they're praising God. And, and you, you would think, man, the, what their cloud says, what their life says today, what their situation says, does not show on their face. Because that person has learned the situation, the, the verse that says, let us magnify the Lord and exalt his name together. So we come into a worship service tonight. There might be all kinds of sickness, pain, problems, situations we're going through. But we worshiped God. We lifted up his name. We glorified his name. And that's what God's called us to do. Amen? Number two. Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise. Amen. He is worthy tonight of magnifying his name. So make him great. Tell the person next to you, make him great in everything. Amen. Second, number two. To rejoice in Christ. Okay? Rejoice in Christ. Our joy should come from Jesus. That doesn't mean we're not going to have times we struggle with that. doesn't mean that we're not going to have times of, uh, of uh, fighting depression or, or fighting hopelessness or different situations like that. There's a, it's a tough world, tough situations. But God is looking for us to rejoice greatly in him. To rejoice greatly, amen, in him. And, and we look at verse 47 there. Mary was able to find in that moment of, of fear and, and, and uh, doubt, she was able to say, I'm going to rejoice, I'm going to be happy, not in my circumstances, but in who Jesus is. Okay, that, that's a big thing today. If you're going through this month, and your joy is coming from something else that's not Jesus. It's fool's gold. You're, gonna, you're, gonna, you're, you're setting yourself up to fail. All the other good things in life should be bonus. But we should live a life every day that it, it, it doesn't matter what's going on in my life. I can rejoice. I can be happy in who Jesus is. She said, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. Let's be real. If you are saved tonight, what are you lacking? If you are saved tonight, if your name is in the Lamb's book of life tonight, what are you possibly lacking? Nothing. What could you possibly want? You've got it already. You, your name's in the book. Your name is written in heaven tonight, amen? There is eternal uh, streets of gold waiting for you, as I said Sunday morning, amen? There's joy unspeakable and full of glory. There's, there's worship, praise, practice every day for what's waiting for us, amen? 
all the great things you can think of on this earth that are so awesome, don't compare because the Bible says, eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, neither has it even entered into the heart of man all the things that I have prepared for those who love me. Amen. I don't remember why I was talking about it. Maybe it was something from my message Sunday, but I was talking to my dad about Walt Disney and how it would have been cool to sit down with him for a few minutes. That mind, I think it was Pastor Mario that I was talking to, just, just to sit down with the imaginary mind of Walt Disney. Because you think about the parks that he has and how popular they are and how fun they are and how magical they are. And I think of someone like that, and I think that God gave him that mind to have that amazing imagination. Can you imagine what God is preparing for us? See, at that moment, I mean, know Mary had some moments like, that moment sounds cool, but as soon as she hear, heard those words, they were very bittersweet because God said, hey, I'm going to use you, and I'm going to bring the Messiah through you, and she thought, she thought, okay, that's cool. Wow, what a blessing, but then once the, once the excitement wore off, that's kind of like church sometimes, right? We get excited here, and then we get home, or we face the, the situation the next morning, and, and the excitement kind of wears off, and now we're facing the reality of the decision we made, Right? And so she had to, after she kind of, after things kind of settled in, she realized, uh, I'm pregnant, and I, and I don't have a husband. That is not very highly looked upon in my society. And so she immediately had the fear of realizing she was going to be stoned to death at best. Right? So there's that moment where she could have fear. We have those moments that come. But something inside of her, besides the Messiah, something besides the fact that God was there in her spirit, caused her to rejoice. And she thought to herself, it doesn't matter what I'm going to go through. I'm going to rejoice in the Lord God, my Savior. Amen? How many would just have a perspective tonight to focus on the Lord God, your Savior? Does anybody love him tonight? Is anybody in love with the Savior tonight? Amen. How many rejoice in who the Savior is tonight? Hallelujah. Excited, rejoicing, thankful, magnifying the Lord. Amen. Number three to finish. We focus. Okay, the, the perspective is focusing on the right thing. Watch this. How many know when you focus, you can focus on the wrong thing? God wants us to focus on the right things. And these last few verses we read, 49 to 51, or 52, I should say, we, we've got to remember that when we read this Bible and we read the words of Mary like we did, let's put 49 up there again if you could. We'll read these last three verses. Remember that as she's saying this prayer, she is full, she's, she's a human being like us. She's not half God, half human like Jesus. She's, not, she's fully human fully human and she's scared she's she's a young lady who's gonna face some real real trials and uncertainties and she says he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy mercy is important focus on God's mercy focus on his mercy is on those who fear him. Do you know when she was saying this prayer, she was praying for us. 
She was praying for the people come behind her from generation to generation. How many fear his name tonight? How many fear the name of Jesus tonight? Amen? In a loving, reverent way. Amen? And she focuses on God's blessings of mercy. And then read that next one. He has shown strength. Focus on his strength. Not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the Lord. I can do all things through his strength, through Christ who strengthens me. Amen? Not my strength, his strength. A lot of times we fail because we're trying to do things in our strength. How are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? I I mentioned this uh, Sunday morning when we took up that offering. When I get a call the day before or two days before and we need to to take up an offering just real quick in a a month like December when everybody's got, you know, hands on their pockets. That's a scary thing to take up an offering for a moment, emergency offering like we got to take. Let me tell you something. We don't rely on the strength of us. I didn't do that offering relying on your strength. I relied on the strength of God in you to trust the Lord and to say, Lord, I know you're a giver. And let me tell you something. God honors every single time we've ever done a step of faith like that. God honors it in a supernatural way. He honors it supernaturally. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. So as you close with this, Mary focuses on God's blessings. If you don't learn to focus on God's blessings, you'll never make it. You can wake up every morning and focus on things you don't have. It's amazing how many people I've talked to over the years that they tell me the things they don't have and they never focus on the things they have. If we would focus more on the things we have than the things we don't have, we would never have a a desire for anything. I'm telling you. Do you realize that tonight? If we would just stop and focus on what we do have, that's what God's wanting us to do. Focus on his mercy, focus on his strength, and more than all that together, focus on his faithfulness. When we fail, God can't fail. Remember, God cannot fail. Amen. Father, we thank you for your word tonight, and we thank you for perspective. Oh, Father, we magnify your name. Father, let our lives glorify you. Let our lives make you great. That as people look on our lives, they would say there's something about them. There's something they've got that I want. I know that that's the desire of every man and every woman and every teenager in this place tonight, that we would live a life as Mary did that would glorify and honor your name. Father, she she has such a special place tonight in heaven because of her obedience. And Lord, we want that tonight. We want that special place. Lord, the reward that you're going to give us for serving you is far outweighs and exceeds and, and destroys even, Lord, all those trials we've gone through. The blessings of God are so much greater than the struggles we face in this world. Great is your faithfulness. Your mercy endures forever. 
Church, learn to read Psalms. Learn to read that book of Psalms and, and read those, those promises of God where it talks about His mercy and His grace and that it endures forever. Learn how to rejoice in God and not in your situation. Learn how to rejoice in your salvation and not what you see with your carnal eyes. If you'll say, God, give me the right perspective, God will do great things. He'll, he'll allow your eyes to focus on what matters, on what really, really matters. And that's the focus that we need to have in this time, in this season, that we don't get out of focus and get caught up so much in different things that we miss out on what really matters, that Jesus' name would be glorified and Jesus' name would be magnified and Jesus' name would be lifted up. Church, as you lift up the name of Jesus, as we lift him up, the Bible says he will draw all men unto him. Tonight in this place, as heads are bowed and eyes are closed, how many in this place have never said, Jesus, I magnify you. Jesus, I glorify you. Jesus, I want to make you Lord of my life tonight. I want to make you master and king tonight of my life. You might be listening online right now. You might be uh, in your hotel room. You might be driving in your car. You might have heard this message live tonight. And you're listening to it again. Jesus wants your heart. Jesus wants to be the reason for the season in your life. Jesus wants to be your hope. Jesus wants to be your mercy. Jesus wants to be your peace. Jesus wants to be your help. He wants to be your strength. He wants to be your Lord. Have you given him your heart tonight? Jesus says, call on me. Call on my name and you'll be saved. Jesus says, come to me all you who are burdened and heavy laden and I'll give you rest. Lay your head upon his shoulders tonight because he can handle it. Because great is his faithfulness. How many would say, Pastor, would you lift me up tonight in prayer? I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. I want to I make a public proclamation that I'm not ashamed. Mary said in that verse, I am not ashamed. Paul said in the Bible, I'm not ashamed in Romans 1.16 of the gospel of Jesus Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation. How many would say, Pastor, lift me up tonight in prayer. Here's my hand. Pray for me. I'm not saved tonight, but I want to be saved all over this place. If you're listening online, but before we continue and before we go into our, our time of altar, we're going to say a prayer. I want everybody to stand in this place tonight. And I want everybody in this church to say this with me. For those that are listening online, that someone might, might be desperate tonight. They might have caught this online somehow. They might have found it by what they considered an accident and they're listening right now or maybe it's someone that listens faithfully but their heart's not right with you we're going to say the sinner's prayer we're going to make sure that everybody that listens online knows that Jesus is the reason for this season Jesus is the answer I want you just to repeat this after me Lord Jesus we thank you for your mercy and your faithfulness Jesus I am a sinner, and I know I make mistakes, and I fall short of your glory. I know that there's a heaven, and there's a hell, and you made heaven for us. Jesus, I want to be with you. Would you forgive me tonight? 
Wash me clean in your precious blood that you shed on the cross for my sins. While I was still a sinner, you died for me. Jesus, I believe that you are Lord. I believe that you are Master and King of Kings. I believe you rose from the dead and conquered death. And I ask you to come into my life tonight. Write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life. And from this day forward, I'm going to serve you and I'm going to live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want us here tonight to begin to rejoice in the Lord. Amen. I want you to begin to magnify His name. I want you to begin to thank Him, amen, for everything He's done for you and everything He is to you tonight, amen. Come on, let's rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt His name together. Hallelujah. Father, we bless you because you're so powerful, so merciful, so gracious, so amazing, so loving, Father. Great is your faithfulness tonight, Jesus. Father, I thank you for picking me up out of the miry clay. I thank you for picking me up off the ground, God, and putting me on my feet tonight and giving me a life of expectancy and a hope and an expected end tonight, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As we stay in this spirit of rejoicing, let's just come to the altar. Let's just begin to bless his name. Let's just take a few minutes tonight and worship him together. Let us exalt his name together. There's a spirit of adoration in this place tonight. Would you be like Mary and would you just rejoice in him tonight? Would you be like Mary? Would you just magnify the Lord with us tonight? Would you just worship him and bless his holy name tonight? Hallelujah. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.